Welcome to the weekly podcast of Science and the City, the public gateway to the New York Academy of Sciences, online at scienceandthecity.org. Today is Friday, August 28, 2009. I'm Alana Rangi. Today, we're talking about enantiomers. Those are E-N-A-N. T-I-O-M-E-R-S. If you're not a chemist, you've probably never heard of them. Enantiomers are molecules that occur in pairs. Both molecules in these pairs look identical in all respects but one. They are mere images of each other. So, they're kind of like your hands. Identical, but can't be superimposed on one another. And that's why they're sometimes called handed molecules. Kent Kirschenbaum is a professor of chemistry at NYU. He's part of a team of scientists working to create catalysts in the form of twisted molecules that can distinguish one handed molecule from its mirror image pair. Kirschenbaum is the author on a recent study about this, and I managed to get him on the phone from his vacation to tell me a little bit more about his work. This fall, SNC brings you provocative thinkers in science and culture at the New York Academy of Sciences. Join Richard Dawkins, Aubrey de Grey, Paul Ekman, and many more world-renowned scientists and thinkers. They'll bring you the newest, hottest ideas in science, from anti-aging to nanotechnology to new discoveries in evolutionary theory. Kick off your fall on September 14th with Elkanon Goldberg, a neurophysiologist who'll talk about the new executive brain and how it handles complex decisions. To get your tickets or for more information, visit the Science in the City homepage at scienceandthecity.org. Okay, hi Kent. Thanks for making time for me today out of your holiday. Um, Tell me about this study you just published in PNAS. Yeah, well, we've recently been taking a look at some molecules that we've been synthesizing in which we can arrange for these chain molecules to fold up in ways that are pretty similar to the ways that nature's molecules fold. Proteins and DNA very often exhibit complex folded structures such as the type of helices that we're familiar with in DNA. And it turns out that that folding is really crucial in defining their functions. And so we've been trying to create synthetic molecules that also have interesting functions because they fold. What functions are we talking about? The function that we're after is catalysis. Specifically, we're interested in selective catalysis. Now, catalysts are molecules that can speed the rate of chemical reactions. And chemists would really like to be able to design catalysts that are not indiscriminately speeding chemical reactions, that can preferentially recognize one kind of compound over another and perform a chemical transformation on that particular substrate. That's the function that we've been pursuing. So what molecules are you trying to transform with your new twisted catalyst molecules? Yeah, we've been trying to create catalysts that will recognize one of a pair of molecules. And that pair are mirror image pairs called enantiomers. If you want to make one of a pair of mirror image molecules, you have to come up with a way to select which one you're going to make. 
and and, and typically chemists rely upon catalysts to favor the production of one over the other. We would like to be able to create catalysts that can discriminate between molecules that are similar in every way except for the orientation in space uh, of the atoms in those molecules such that they form mirror image uh, replicas of one another. Our hope is to create catalysts that can discriminate between these mirror image molecules and perform catalysts selectively on one of the pair. So basically, you're trying to find a way to easily identify one of these molecules that comes in an enantiomeric pair. That's right. So if you don't control the stereochemistry, which is the handedness of the molecules you make, you will make an even mix of right-handed and left-handed molecules. And then if you're a pharmaceutical chemist and you only want one, you have to make all the effort to purify the one that you want and usually just throw the other one away. So these enantiomer molecules are commonly used in drug manufacturing then? We often talk about drug molecules as being emblematic of having to craft molecules very precisely because many drug molecules are chemically complex and because they need to be very specific in the way that they interact with their targets and Many drug targets are handed molecules themselves. Proteins, for example, have their own handedness. And so very often, if you have a drug molecule, you may get a desired effect from one of the pair of mirror image molecules. The other one may be either ineffective or occasionally can be uh, toxic and so it becomes crucial to be able to very finely control the steps in assembling drug molecules. But there are plenty of other examples in industry where you need this level of control over these uh, handed molecules. Agrochemicals uh, and a variety of other fine chemicals very often require the control over this stereochemistry. Wow, it's really crazy that two molecules that are structured so similarly could behave so differently from one another. Yes. You may remember the case of the drug thalidomide, which back in the 1950s or 60s, I believe, was administered to pregnant women, and it ended up causing a lot of birth defects in in the children of these women. And it turns out that the toxicity was only due to one molecule of this mirror image pair. Oh, that's right. And scientists actually now know, I think, that in the case of thalidomide, even administering just one stereoisomer would not have been safe. Still, this shows that it's so important for chemists to be able to control which enantiomer they're using, and your catalysts are one way of doing this. There's two ways that chemists deal with this issue of handedness. One is to do a purification step in which you preferentially retain or concentrate one of the pair and and throw the other away. And the other is by performing a chemical transformation so that you are able to alter the chemical structure of one of the pair. 
and that's what we've done. So a catalyst does a chemical transformation, and a purification just does a separation. And the, both are very important in the pharmaceutical industry and in creating these molecules. But what we've done here is not a purification, it, it's a chemical transformation. Okay, so how exactly are your catalysts working to transform these enantiomers? We have been embedding a catalytic group within the context of a folded structure that we have created um, in a helical arrangement. And so we can create either right or left-handed helices, embed our catalytic group within that folded structure, and preferentially interact with one of a pair of mirror image molecules and speed its chemical transformation. Okay, cool. So once you have your catalytic structure that's engineered to recognize one molecule in an enantiomeric pair, is it easy for you guys to flip or, I guess, uh, replicate that catalyst so that it will instead recognize the other molecule in the pair? Yeah, it is. It's actually very straightforward for us to do that. And that's one of the really very pleasing results of our recent study is that we were able to make both a right-handed helix and a left-handed helix, embed the same exact catalytic group in both of them, and either catalyze the transformation of one of the mirror image pair or the other, and we could do that reproducibly and reliably. And so I think the strength of our study is the fact that we have been pursuing a class of molecules in which it's actually pretty straightforward for us to create a variety of different helices, control the level of organization of those helices, and in fact make a library of molecules and screen them for the type of catalytic activity we would like. Frankly, we're not really clever enough to design these types of catalysts uh, a priori. And so sometimes when we're struggling in the dark, it helps to be able to investigate a variety of different uh, compounds and just be able to screen those for the ones that have the activity that you want. And, and that's fairly straightforward for us. It's neat. It sounds like you're kind of creating and these molecular puzzle pieces that'll fit together. And what are some of the most beautiful puzzles that we have? They're scenes of nature where we're looking at what nature has already created for us, and then we're finding ways to connect a whole bunch of pieces and put them together to create some of those same types of beautiful landscapes that, that we see in nature around us. That's very similar to what, what we're doing, except all we're, we've been able to do so far is connect some of the pieces around the edges, the easy pieces. And already what we're seeing is incredible beauty um, and incredible opportunity to create some really interesting molecular architectures, which we think will, will enable these just fantastic functions that we see um, exhibited in the cell and in living systems. Kent, thanks so much for telling me about your research today. Yeah, and let me just point out that all of the work that we've talked about has been performed by one incredible chemist. Her name is Galia Mayan. Um, she worked in my lab and also in the lab of Mike Ward at New York University. And really, she came up with a lot of the strategies to pursue this and just performed some beautiful, beautiful experiments. Thanks for tuning in. If you can't get enough of Science in the City, you should try following us on Twitter. 
visit us at www.twitter.com slash city. Science in the City is a non-profit program of the New York Academy of Sciences. This means that we need your continued support to keep bringing you this weekly podcast series, as well as the rest of the Science in the City program, like our event series and our new website. For more information on Academy membership or to support Science in the City today, log on to scienceandthecity.org. And as always, we would love your feedback on any of the programs we run here at Science in the City. Send us an email at scienceandthecity at nyas.org. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 212-298-8654. See you next week.